This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. The Synod on Synodality has been an awful event in the life of the Church since it started a couple of years ago. The participation in most parts of the Church by the laity has been so muted and so poorly received by the laity with general disinterest that the Vatican extended the Synod of Synodality an extra two years, now lasting until late 2024 or early 2025, when Francis will presumably issue his final document that changes fundamental aspects of the Church to be more opening and welcoming of secular ideas. It was at a recent meeting of the Synod that the Pacamama demon made its debut and provided its dark blessing over the proceedings. I'm sure the Pope splinters at where Paca is will be happy to explain to you why the Paca demon and its worship is actually Catholic, and how we should ignore all the various Christian missionaries who encountered the followers of this demon in South America over the past several decades, and how evil it truly all is. And thanks to the listener who sent me this post from a Spanish-language website. Headline from Miles Christi Resistens. Pacamama reappears in the Continental Synod of the Southern Cone. The Pacademon, whose name I purposely mispronounce because exorcists generally recommend that you don't actually walk around saying the names of demons, the Pacademon keeps popping up like a demonic bad penny. The enthronement of this idol happened way back in 2019, in October, on the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, back in what some of us now call the before times, before the events of 2020 that we are still dealing with the repercussions of. It's worth noting that immediately after the Pacademon was enthroned in Rome, it was reported that Sister Sasuke of the Our Lady of Akita apparitions in Japan had another apparition visit and warned her that the world was about to change horribly due to that evil. The worship of demons in a bizarre act of ecumenical syncretism is something the bishops of South and Central America simply can't quit. But let's get some details on this story from a source in South America. From that article, quote, From March 6-10th, to 10th, the meeting of the Continental Stage, Southern Cone region of the Synod on Synodality, took place at the Casa Dom Luciano Mendes de Almeida in Brasilia, Brazil, with the framework of the 4th Regional Assembly of the South the southern cone of Latin America, and the Caribbean of Salem. Delegates from Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, Chile, and Uruguay participated in the meeting to discuss the elements that will form part of the synthesis to be sent to the Vatican before March 31st. On the first day of the assembly, in the auditorium altar, several banners and images were arranged, among them the idol Pacamama, who presided in 2019 at the Synod for the Amazon in the Vatican. Excerpt for the second photo, all images come from the Vatican account of the Diocese of San Jose de Mayo, Uruguay. End quote. And here are some of the pictures on your screen here. Nothing special, really, but it's in this one that you can see the Pacademon on the flag on the ground, along with a bunch of other items. The rest of the images are the typical tacky Synod of Synodality and Novus Ordo imagery we've all come to know and kind of cringe at. But this was done as part of the Synod on Synodality itself. Like the U.S. and Western Europe, South and Central America are having their continental meetings for the Synod of Synodality, where the representatives of the various national bishops' conferences and conferences of men and women religious of South and Central America get together to talk about how to upend the church's teachings on a variety of issues and make the church more acceptable to our secular adversaries. Now, that may sound like a provocative way of describing the Synod, but that is exactly what's happening in practice. 
Now, if you want to read the sources for this story for yourself, head over to returntotradition.org where I have the links posted. That website is a good backup place to follow me where I generally post my videos at. And if you don't get any notifications from YouTube, you can get them there. YouTube's terms of service don't allow me to post links to sites with ads on them here in my videos. So anyway, LifeSite News has a good way of describing this event, by the way, in their report on the reappearance of the Pachydemon in South America. So from LifeSite, we get some more details about what was actually said by the bishops and what happened at that meeting, and it doesn't get any better. Quote, In a homily given at the closing mass of the regional assembly, which took place from March 6th to the 10th in Brazil, Bishop Pedro Rubenville, Vice President of the Paraguayan Episcopal Conference, with the pantheistic language of the followers of nature religions, such as those on which the ink and idol of the Pacamama is worshipped, emphasized listening, quote, to the land, the flora, the water, and the cry of the earth. Synodality makes us listen not only to the ecclesial organization, but also to the land, the flora, the water, also the peoples, the communities, Hubenville said. A great effort of mapping is being prepared that is not only a collection of data, but an exercise of listening to what the territory tells us, a ritual of belonging and thanksgiving for the concrete land where we are. These rituals, the bishop insisted, are a way of celebrating a belonging to land, which is a space that is always human affirming that these networks can give us clues to respond to the great call of Laudato Sea and the cry of the earth. End quote. Rituals that allow us to listen to the cry of the earth. Remind me again, how is that even remotely Catholic? Can you point me to a saint or doctor of the church or even preconciliar pope who talked about doing rituals that listen to the cry of the earth, that listen to what the territory has to say? I'm curious because I've read a lot of preconciliar documents of saints, doctors of the church, and popes, and I've never seen one document that refers to anything like that. There's absolutely nothing from Pope St. Leo the Great or Pope St. Gregory the Great that comes even close to this. They spoke about, you know, repentance and the need to lay our sinful lives at the feet of Christ and to pick up our crosses and follow him. You know, old-fashioned stuff that used to be Catholic, but apparently doesn't fit into the new ecclesiology of the church, to borrow a phrase from Cardinal Arthur Roach. But it's absolutely stories like this that tells us there is something truly, deeply, deeply wrong in the church, that there's a rot, and it runs deep. The fact that when Francis participated in what looks an awful lot like a marriage ceremony with a pack and demon idol in 2019, complete with accepting a ring that is quite literally associated with sorcery as part of the ritual in 2019, well, that he and the participants weren't run out of the Vatican by the cardinals and the bishops and local laity tells us everything we need to know about the state of the church, not only now, but in the past few decades. And this isn't new. This goes back to the Assisi conferences in 1986, where a different demon idol was placed on an altar at a church in Italy in the presence of John Paul II, who then had a monk escorted out of the church by police for trying to rip the satanic idol off the altar. That thing was placed on a tabernacle, by the way. But back to the LifeSite article, because the pack of demon gets us all ready for more synodality. Yes, Francis' synod is sponsored by the adoration and veneration of demonic idols. Quote, Unsurprisingly, together with the emergence of the pack of mama, the inclusion of the James Martin ideology, and those who live according to such life, it also made the agenda for the assembly. Sister Elian Cordero, president of the Conference of Religious of Brazil, the CRB, insisted that synodality includes, quote, the spirituality of welcome and itineracy, where there is room for everyone. When we enlarge, as the prophet Isaiah asks us, we widen to embrace so that everyone may fit in this tent, she said. 
As might be expected, this meant for Cordero that the church needed to be more do more to include women, married priests, the James Martin crowd, and, indig and the indigenous. Expressing apparent disdain for the priesthood, the divinely established ecclesiastical hierarchy in the cloister religious life, she said, quote, The most contrary to Jesus' plan is the cloister in a hierarchical and clerical church. When we talk about widening the tent, we are saying that in the church of Jesus, it is necessary to accommodate everyone. One of the phrases in the ape of the church that I'm getting really tired of hearing is enlarging the tent. It comes from something Francis said, and a document by that name was published in December of 2022, and now sits on the Synod of Synodality official Vatican website. Here's a bit from that so you get the idea, because they took the phrase from the prophet Isaiah. Quote, the second chapter presents a biblical icon, the image of the tent which, with which chapter 54 of the book of Isaiah opens. This image and narrative represents a key to an interpretation of the contents with a DCS in the light of the word, placing them in the ark of God's promise that becomes a vocation for his people and his church. Enlarge the space of your tent. This tent is a space of communion, a place of participation and foundation for mission. End quote. The Vatican document goes on to really explore the use of the word tent by the prophet Isaiah and possibly one of the most cringe-inducing scriptural analyses I've ever seen done by people that I'm sure think they're Catholic. The document talks about all the symbolic importance of the concept of the tent and what it does. And it is also quite possible that the prophet Isaiah talked about a tent in a literal sense, as part of a larger setting of describing the things he saw, and that the tent in his description was itself actually not really that important. It was just itself part of language that people would understand for when he was describing the church. But I might be wrong about that. And one of the things that I really tire of in all of this, personally, is this sort of gaslighting we're subjected to. Whenever we object to things like the Pachademon, we're always told, this is Catholic, this is Our Lady of the whatever, or this practice of syncretism isn't really syncretism. It's really just taking ancient ideas from other groups and bringing them into the church to make them feel more welcome. The Pachademon, as I mentioned earlier, was actually encountered, or at least its followers were, by Christian missionaries of various kinds, ranging from Catholics to various kinds of Protestants. Their followers were encountered in South America, and I can't, on this platform, describe to you what their worship practices were. They were demonic, to put it extremely mildly. They were, it's part of the larger sort of earth-like sort of devotion and following of the, uh, well, the Moloch group, as I call it. The, the, you know, the Moloch ritual that I refer to when talking about the intersection of the world with the church and this thing that the world will just absolutely go off the deep end to protect that puts the most vulnerable at risk, the most vulnerable the Paca demons worship is associated with the exact same thing. So when these people tell you that it's Catholic and that it's completely fine to bring in these ancient... No, it's not. This is not fine. This is nothing like what the actual missionaries did in South America in like the 15th century, in the 16th century, in the 17th century, when they spread the gospel and kept some like the art styles and some of the frescoes and things and brought those into those church buildings to make the locals feel comfortable. It's not the same thing. This is not an idol of Our Lady. Okay? Because you can't have an idol of Our Lady. It's That's an oxymoron. This is not a, an image of representing the Blessed Virgin and 
right respect due to her. This is something evil that makes a mockery of the faith. And it's present at bishops' conferences and in parishes, and it was present in the Vatican Gardens before it took a swim. Now, are you all that surprised that three and a half years on, after the enthronement of the Paca demon in the Vatican Gardens in Rome, we have these stories of the Paca Mama coming back into the news? Should we be surprised by this? Will we keep getting these stories until a decent pope excommunicates the lot of these bishops and their like-minded clergy? Or until after God punishes the earth with that kind of cataclysm that we all kind of know is coming at this point? Let me know what you think about all this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.